The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your hosting founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to hear about the power of CGI in modern automotive marketing. Join us is Farouk Heppelvent who is the founder of The Scope Studio, which is an innovative company that uses cutting-edge CGI technology to create incredible images for vehicle launches and advertising. And today, Farouk and I are going to discuss reimagining car launches. Here's my conversation with Farouk Heppelvent, the founder of The Scope Studio. What's going on, man? We had, we had a little audio figuring out like any podcast to start, but now we're, now we're ready to rock. How you doing? Now we got the technology under control. That's a good example of technology acting out. And where are you from? I'm originally from Turkey, but I grew up in Germany. Spent some time in New York in the 90s. That's a long time ago. Worked as a car photographer for a very long time. So, and then started. So in the automotive, so I, I did a lot of work in the automotive industry, especially early in my career. And it's a crazy industry. And I, I feel like there is a lot of sea of sameness in terms of ads that you see for cars, a lot of offers and kind of running footage. But it seems like you're passionate about, you know, recreating that world. And I heard a lot about CGI. So, you know, what are you doing in the space? What should be people doing? What frustrates you when you when you see car ads today and, and kind of where it's going? I know it's a loaded question, but let's just jump right into this. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's essentially I, I like cars because the way I like to describe it, it's a bit like classical music, right? That what you play is pretty set, but there is always a new interpretation of how how you do it. But there is the occasional ad where you have cars flying around or you have hamsters dancing, all these kinds of things. But they're outliers, mostly private home, coastal road, mountains, you know, depending on the car. And in certain areas of car advertising, I think the client expects it, right? The customer journey, you come to a point where you're like, okay, cool. I, you know, I like the brand, all these things, but it becomes more product information, which I think is fair. You know, it's like at one point you're like, okay, show, show me the car, right? I want to see what it's all about. But the area that we are in is more the launch. So where you have a secret car that you cannot really take on location without risking it being photographed, you know, unveiled before the client actually wants to unveil it. And this is what we specialize on, essentially. 8% of our productions are launch productions, where we produce stills and film 
for these use cases where you, you know, show the car the first time, introduce the car to the world. And the campaigning comes afterwards, right? It's, it's really what we do. We take the first portrait of the car. This is how we look at it. So like, you know, like I'm a big Tesla truck fan, right? Like I've been on the way yeah, list for yeah. whatever, three or four years. I don't have a Tesla. Like I'm not like, okay, I have to have Tesla, but this Tesla truck, just, it's, it's, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen, right? And so yeah. you see pictures of it or like I'm on like these blogs that show like, okay, it's, it's over here. There's a, one spotted here. So early on, like, it, you know, maybe after concept, but before production, you're creating CGI to launch what it's going to look like. And there's something about the sexiness of a car and the way it looks and the way the curves are designed that I think is what really piques somebody's initial interest. And, you know, if anything we've learned in advertising, it's, you know, for every additional functional benefit that you add in a commercial, the percentage of people being interested in that and that communication being effective goes down X percentage of points. So a lot of car commercials, you'll see them talk about maybe one feature. You go to two or three features, you know, 80% less likely people are going to know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. So in your experience, is the lead in terms of what you're doing and what you think consumers' attention, where consumers' attention lies, is it is it the curves and sexiness of the CGI of the car? Are you getting it as sort of features and benefits at that point at all? What do you think the lead is in terms of in car ads in, in this day and age? And what are the consumers looking for? And I see your face kind of perplexed. I, I don't know if I'm asking the right question, but that, that's kind of where my head's going. Well, we moved from producing print ads to full CGI and focusing more on web pages and launches that lives more in the product space. So it's a, in a different point in the customer journey, what we're doing. The ads, I think, you know, like you said, you know, dancing hamsters totally does the trick if you have the brand to go with it. Having the 50th car commercial where a car drives along the Californian coast, not sure how successful that is marketing-wise. So, I, I mean, to go to the hamsters ad just just quickly, because I'm a big fan. It was David and Goliath out of LA that, that really created that campaign. It was a David Goliath at, at the height of David Goliath was a fantastic agency. I, I really loved a lot of their work and wish they were still around at the size and scale they used to be. And that was a genius campaign. And Kia, I mean, Kia before Kia, I mean, it, it was horrible. It was a horrible brand. And they fixed the car. They added more luxury items. And that campaign of the Dancing Hamsters, but in my opinion, the car is still the star. Even though there's Dancing Hamsters, if you look at all the running footage and the videos, it, it still is making the sexiness of the car the car. So I think what, what I hear you're saying, so I, I sort of, maybe I just want to disagree with you somewhere that, that you know, Kia wasn't necessarily a brand. I, I don't think before that. Now they spent a lot of money too in advertising. So it was, it was probably at that time on the forefront of becoming a major brand. And they were spending a ton of advertising money to, to compete and to really position themselves. But what, what I think I hear you're saying too is on the websites, you're really showing more CGI of, of the product benefit later in the journey and where people are like, you know what? I want to buy, I'm trying to think of a new car, like a Rivian. Like the new Rivian SUVs, I think are freaking cool looking. Like you're convinced and now you're putting together CGI to show that more in the, once people have made that decision, they're going down that path. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. 
one of the important things is sustainability, right? So you don't have to transport the car. We use renewable energy. They have digital twins anyway, so we can produce visual assets under ideal circumstances, whatever those might be. So it might be that you say, I need a snow location. And at the same time, being able to control the light and the camera and do all these things in a continuous production compared to a linear production. So your regular production is linear, right? You say, this is the location I'm picking. We should at this day. You work through going to post-production. Within CGI, you can, what we call, have a circular production. So if you say a shot has, let's say, six factors. <laughs> so you have the camera, car motion, location, light direction, lensing, f-stop. In the CGI production, you can keep changing these continually. You say, light is great, angle is great, but I need the car to be faster. So you can really be precise about how you create the image. So, so basically, you're, you're creating any sort of visual car assets in any environment you need it, all CGI, a commercial or more brand video on the back end or more product videos, anything you want. That's crazy. And, you know, we've done pretty cool commercial, I think two, three years ago for Genesis, or, you know, simulated cities that took us to building a procedural full CGI city. We used the time uh, during COVID to do that. And now we have a tool where we can create generic cities that are, at this point, we have a New York lookalike, LA lookalike, but it is not exactly LA and New York, which helps you with IP, right? So you don't have to pay location owners and all those things, and we can control the light. Controlling the light in the city is very powerful creatively. Oh, and, and I don't know how to ask this, but I'm sure our audience is curious, like, what is that? Like, what is this cost? Like, how is it? Is it, are you budgeting? Like, you know, I've, I've been on multi million dollar production shoots. You know, I think a lot of the production shoots we're doing for national commercials call it a million to two million bucks ish. Some local stuff call it, you know, in that, you know, two to three hundred grand range for really high end production. Of course, there's cost per hour, you know, major, you know, studios typically call it, you know, 25,000, 50,000 a day with a, with a full crew. Could, could you give us kind of even some, you know, general numbers of what to think about and budget as, as marketers? Well, very roughly what we, what we say is that the cost is 20% less than a real shoot. Usually it can be much less. And we have different offerings for running footage where we say, okay, we need, you know, we produce one, two or three minutes of running footage. You get the package and we ask for a bit more time to produce it. When we do launches, it's usually a fire drill. So within 10 weeks, we produce one minute of footage, 10 key visuals, sometimes create custom locations, especially private home, right? Brands like to have their own private homes. That is more costly, obviously. No, so, I mean, this is the world we're going into. Do you, do you think there's a world in which everything will be CGI? And, and we will not be shooting production in the way we're used to? My world, it is. It's already there. But I wouldn't say generally digital humans, everything should be CGI. 
That's that's not what I'm thinking. It's uh, in the car world, you have the digital twins to begin with. The product comes very well prepared from the manufacturers because you know they have the data. They're used to doing that, and you can do product updates on the fly. So the designer comes in and during launches, the designers are heavily involved, and you need to imagine a designer meets sea level under high pressure. That's a launch, right? And being able to show them pictures, saying, look, this is what it looks like. Do you like it? You don't like it. Let's change it. Without saying, well, you booked this location. We need to do it. Maybe we can fix it in post. Because that is a reality when you go out and shoot. I'm not opposed to shooting. But you give up a lot of control in a very stressful situation. Interesting story. We just did something for Renault this year. And Europe is a very big company. So the CEO gave us feedback on the blue of the car. Because when the car's launched, he's standing next to the pictures. He cares. And then saying, well, in the mood board, it was different. This is how it was approved. That's, that doesn't fly. <laughs> it, it's got to be the way he feels it's perfect. Absolutely. So let's do this. I, I want to dive more into CGI's role in modern marketing. I think you're going to have a great perspective. Let's do this. I'm going to wrap it up on this episode of the Rebrand. Big thanks to Farouk, founder of the Scope Studio, for joining us. In part two of this interview, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about CGI's role in modern marketing. If you can't wait till the next episode, you want to learn more about Farouk, like all of our guests, we're going to put his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. His company website is thescope.studio. Just one more note I want to tell you about in our show notes. Again, if you didn't have a chance to take notes, everything will be on rebrandpod.com. Guest information, show notes, episodes, everything's there. Of course, you can find me on social media, just at Scott Herkey, LinkedIn, Twitter, well, X, I should say now, Instagram, all, all this stuff. I love connecting with people in this community. If you haven't subscribed, please, if you, if you like this kind of content, that's our main KPIs. We want a community of marketers. And that's it for today. Remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. <laughs>